Welcome to Community Matters. And I have another organization right here live in the studio. And the organization is called Julia's Kids. Here I have Yolanda McRae, who is the CEO and founder. Good morning, Yolanda. Good morning. I also have Jennifer Adelson, who is the program director. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, guys. And I have Eresa Williams, who is in charge of their social media. Good morning, Eresa. Good morning, Cindy. All right, so let's get the conversation going. Please explain to me what is the foundation called Julia's Kids? Well, Julia's Kids is a nonprofit organization that was formed to assist uh, children who've lost a parent or a caregiver. Mm. And when we say assist, we mean to give them, teach them coping mechanisms or skills uh, after the person has passed on by death, incarceration, or long-term separation. Oh, so you even co- like help the children that their parents are locked up for a long time? Because mm-hmm. that's basically like a death, right? Exactly. Sad to say. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so what, um, you're the CEO and founder, Yolanda. Why start this organization? Like, did something tragic happen to you? Or how did you start it? Well, actually, I used to work with Julia. Um, Julia Bennett was accidentally shot and killed in 2011 in Miramar. Mm-hmm. And the story was highly publicized because they felt like, you know, possibly the two-year-old had something to do with her death. So Wait, when you say the two-year-old? Her, her son. Her son was two years old, mm-hmm. and he had a gun. And basically, the I think he got the gun from under the couch, and then he mm-hmm. it went off. So she passed away on the scene, and um, I had just worked with her the night before. So mm-hmm. when I saw it on the news and I got all the phone calls, I was really, like, in, in shock. shock. And then... Um, I realized and I remember, you know, she had three kids. So I'm thinking, what's going to happen to these kids? Mm. And they had they have fathers. They had a support system. But I'm thinking they don't have their mom. Mm. So what can I do? And um, I ended up cleaning out Julia's locker. I was the only one that wanted to to do that. So I got a box. I cleaned everything out. And then I actually was able to meet with their dad. And I wrote a letter basically telling him who I was and asking him if it would be okay for me to come and speak to the kids. So I went over. I gave them um, Julia's contents out of her locker. And we went around the hospital because that's where we worked. And we did a collection. So I was able to start two trust funds for them. What so, were their ages of their children? Thirteen around? and fifteen. Mm. Yes. That's now or then? No, that's then. And then, and then there was also Troy. Yes, too. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, it it really touched me, and I said, you know, was so driven to be a part of their lives mm-hmm. that we built a, a relationship. So you know, in talking to them, I spoke to them about counseling and how they were dealing with their mom's death, and asking them. Even when I started thinking, okay. Can we help somebody else by organizing or for, a, you know, a foundation or organization? And they said it would have helped them to get some type of recounseling. And in the African-American community, especially grief counseling is a disparity. We don't seek grief counseling. Therapy, you know, no, we no don't type of therapy at all. Any no of that because we can handle it or you find that the parents overcompensate. So what Julia's Kids does is we expose the children to different types of coping mechanisms. So we have um, our Healthy Healing series. So we expose them to art therapy, music therapy, pet therapy. We do exercise. And we also do traditional grief counseling. So in that spectrum, the the students and the, the children are able to realize, you know, it's not I, I'm not alone. Number one, because some of the event, all of the events that we have, you're in like company. So, you know, that the person sitting next to you or across from you has lost a parent as well. So when a child loses a parent, whether it be to death or incarceration, how do you find out about it? Right now, it's truly referrals. So mm-hmm. and honestly, if I listen to the news, I remember. 
remember that I saw when the dad was shot at Chili's. I called Channel mm. 7. I tried to get in touch with the mom just to let her know that we were out here and if they needed support, then we were here. Um, and really, it's kind of word of mouth. So if I see that someone has passed away, even family and friends, I would definitely let them know we're here. Let us know if you need any of our services. What is your social media? At Twitter, we're on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, and Snapchat. Girl, yes. you got it all covered. <laughs> so we are pushing that. Yes. <laughs> so you said you covered incarcerated and death. What is the difference between the two forms of um call it therapy or what what is what do I call it? I don't think there's a difference in therapy, but what? it's like the the, the we the, actually the, started out with loss just being death. Okay. And we went into his house last December and we did an art project there where all of the children have not experienced a death. However, they sometimes are permanently separated from their parents. So that's why we said, you know what, let's broaden this horizon so we're not losing that that audience that those children that child population Mm -hmm. so um in doing that it's not necessarily the therapy that we tailor because all of them are in the the bucket of having a loss okay you know uh to piggyback on what she just said Mm -hmm. one of the differences is the type of grief that they go through because there's a separate grief if you your parent is incarcerated you just know i can possibly visit him i can get a phone call or i can write a letter Mm -hmm. but when there's a death that is permanent. So there is no access to that parent or that caregiver again. So I believe the stages of grief that the child goes through will be different based on what loss they experience. Yes, what definitely. is the age group of the children that you help? Three through 18. Um, however, we honestly do needs basis. So we recently mm-hmm. had a reality check workshop where we opened it up to uh young adults is what we call them, age 17 through 21. Mm-hmm. Now, we found that after high school, some of these children have not received their diploma. So we brought in a cap advisor to let them kind of give them a sense of hope. Because after you graduate, you've lost your parent, some of these children really feel hopeless. So we taught them how to fill out resumes or, you know, job applications. We told them how to get back on track. If you are, you know, if you need to take your ACT or your SAT so that you can get your high school diploma, here are the tools to do that. These are the testing um, dates. Let's see what we can do to help you back on track. And then we also had a counselor there letting them know that, you know what, grieving does not have a, a, an end date and everything that you're going through is normal, especially the difficult time period of transitioning into a, adulthood. Because yeah. now after you're no 18, guidance. everybody's like, OK, you're done. You're an adult. I did my part, especially if you are a caregiver that's taking care of somebody else's child. Yeah. So it... um. We, we expanded. We had a youth summit for mm-hmm. age 11 through 15 where we really hit home on bullying. We talked about bullying. We talked about loss so that this population could also understand that you may lose a classmate. And these are some coping mechanisms that we're going to give you so that you can express yourself, number one, and then be able to handle it. Does it matter how the child loses the parent, whether it be something tragic or illness, like of how you counsel them with coping? It does. It does add a caveat because, for example, Julia's uh, death was publicized on the TV. So when speaking with the girls, they said, you know, when they went back to school, everybody was like, oh, we heard your mom died. So it made it. Exactly. So it was. Reliving it over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. And what you find is that some kids just don't go back to school for a period of time because they want it to die down. So if the death was highly publicized, it's a different type of um, 
avenue that they're going to have to go through if it was somebody that dealt with a long-term illness. So your mom had cancer, your dad had cancer, and then you're going through the, the stages of them and being sick and then finally passing away. There is no real um, preparation, even though there's anticipatory grief. Mm-hmm. There's no real preparation for when that person actually passes away. Grieving is like, it could be any time. So the, our organization, like we mm-hmm. wanted to give kids an opportunity to grieve in different ways as well. And that's how we came up also with the Healthy Healing Series, which the, we'll talk about a little bit more. Yeah. But like kids just don't always grieve like with a therapist. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they they do writing. Sometimes they want to go do a sport. So we wanted to provide them with different ways of grieving because they, exactly. they, they do it differently they do it differently and at different times so let's get into the julia's kids program so she just mentioned healthy healing what are some of the the is it the program or yes. what it consists of yes what so are some what, of the what we've done um under that heading we've mm-hmm. done art therapy so okay. we have gone in and we would do an outline of a can on a canvas we work with an artist mm-hmm. and um we would like, for example, when we went into his house for it was around Christmas time. So we did snow globes. So it was an empty snow globe, and oh, we I love snow globes. I, it was yes. so they were cute. cute. They were super and they got, cute. The yes. kids got very creative with it. You wouldn't. Some of yes. them, I mean, they drew like total darkness, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what they were at that time. Mm-hmm. But they were able to express it, and some of them had the most wonderful snow globes. Oh. Yes. And the thing is that we did that because A, it would be something that they could take back with them and have pride. And, you know, mm-hmm. I did this and I created because when we first started, a lot of them were like, I don't know how to do art. I don't know how to draw. But giving them that encouragement and then we encourage them to draw something that, that's beautiful that you think is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So we did get a lot of families, a lot of Christmas trees, things like that. So um, that really broadened the horizon with that. Another thing under the traditional grief counseling we did the mentor we do mentoring and under the same heading we do the the youth summit which came under that because again we had children that were all they've all experienced a loss to an extent Mm -hmm. and um they were able to share different uh different experiences it is also helpful for the parents because your one parent can kind of say you know i tried this with my child and this worked or share resources when one parent passes away and they still have the other parent what type of involvement does the other parent have in your program we uh prior to the his house art therapy program we had another what is one his house i'm sorry oh, like, oh, what that his is. house his house is a or usually it is the largest one that we have here in miami-dade county and it is a home for foster kids or kids oh, who've been okay. taken out of the home for mm-hmm. whatever reason okay. through the court system okay. so they can do long term there they can stay beyond uh, 18 years old at his oh. house as well oh. we had an art therapy program where parents were came in with their children and they painted on the canvases together and those parents that the the surviving parent said something I was walking by and it was so monumental as she was painting she said I really needed this because it was therapy for herself as well that parent is also grieving but you know you have to be so strong for your child you know so and and long term a long term projection is we help the children, but we also need to help the parents because you. we also need the tools to help your children grieve. So it, it's a whole avenue that we could go down to say that we all need to take care of each other. You know, and that's exactly. how it started. We all need to take care of each other. How mm-hmm. many people are, are counselors in Julia's kids? Like how many of it are, of our of bleh. how many of you are there? <laughs> I couldn't get it out. Uh, uh, well, um, well um, Auntie Daniels is our primary counselor, and she mm-hmm. comes in, and she is awesome. <laughs> she 
is very soothing. She she listens. The kid, the participants really gravitate to her because it's she she makes it okay for you to be sad. She makes it okay for you to not understand what exactly you're going through, and she makes it okay for you to express yourself. So she is one of our primary. When we do have things that involve grief counseling, we do um, count on her to come in, and she presents. And you know she's been absolutely awesome with that. But is it is it are you guys speaking one on one or is it in group settings? That's the whole. Like like the healthy healings, not always necessarily one on one. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be a group setting. As a matter of fact, she did like a little mini um, sit down with them, and it was the four of them before we did before we did the reality check. Mm-hmm. And she just sat down with them at the table. It was about three kids at, at one time. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's the point that we're trying to get out. It doesn't have to always be traditional because a lot of people don't really like traditional. Oh my yeah. god, I'm gonna go see a a, a, um, a therapist. Oh no, I can't see a therapist. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Let's try music. Let's mm-hmm. try art. How about mm-hmm. exercise? Let's do a sport. Let's get out there. Let's get it off your minds. So um, different ways. There's all, you know different ways is how we're trying to promote. So you said you have a counselor, but are you all, you guys also speaking to the kids, or is it the counselor? Because you said she de- dealt with the grieving part of it. Right. Well, we actually serve as mentors. So okay. as um, after the reality check workshop, you know, we make liaisons. We actually just awarded two scholarships to seniors. So oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. It was, and it's awesome. awesome because yes. And I let them know, once you've had contact with Julia's kids, you're forever our family. So oh. we will periodically reach out and text them just to make sure they're in a good headspace. And um, I still actively mentor to Julia's two daughters. Mm-hmm. So um, always being in that uh, mentor role. And I'm also a mental health nurse practitioner. So that caveat helps as oh, well. so you're a mental health person? Oh, I'm so. a teacher. Yes. So. Oh, okay. So that's mental health as well. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. All day. Mental th- health, counseling, yes. nursing, day, everything. Yes. everything. Yes. Social work. Yes. Yes. It's true. Yes. So, yes. so when you when we say that everybody needs to take care of each other, we've all had experience with children. I was a, library, a children's librarian for 14 years. So oh, wow. alongside that, we all know what it is to have a child in your presence that needs your help. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be a traditional counselor. Sometimes kids can talk to you that because they can't talk to their parents and your counseling mm-hmm. and your, your exactly. counseling exactly. Mm-hmm. and sometimes in that group setting peer counseling the kids help each other because again they may not trust the adult but when they're with their like-minded individuals like their peer it's easier for them to let down those fences or those barriers and talk to each other. Exactly. When we, oh, sorry. When we did the youth summit, mm-hmm. some parents actually stayed and kind of like were at the back, in the, in the back of it, while Just we were listening. talking to the kids. And they, like, wow. Like, they didn't realize. Because they don't open up to them. Exactly. exactly. That their kids mm-hmm. were saying. And we're like, don't get involved. Just let them be. So they were listening to the kids. They're like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So let's just say, you know, a lot of times when the parent passes away, they go to the grandparents. And grandparents mm-hmm. are elderly. Like, they only can do so much. If there is a grandparent that's interested in having their grandchild involved in the program, but they're too elderly to get to and from and like, do you are you able to help that way of getting them to where they need to get like as far as the program goes? Definitely. I've 
picked people up. I've met people wherever because it, it's truly a, a service of love. And wherever people need the help, we also do um, life binders where we help parents basically get all of the important documents together. So birth certificate, passport, insurance cards, because we found that when Julia passed away, everything was, you know, if you're not, pre- you're not prepared to die, uh, no. you know, and the thing is that some of those things are not all in the same in the same place. So we try to help parents to say, you know, God forbid something was ever to happen to me. All of these documents are right here. Somebody would be able to pick up where I left off. Mm-hmm. So we try to, you know, encourage that, uh, encourage them just being involved. But as far as a grandparent or somebody that wanted to get involved with the program, definitely would reach out to us on our website. We have a um, an information, I guess it would be a sheet. So you can email and say whatever you're interested in, the age group of the child. We have our number on there. And either one of us are always available to pick up and have a conversation. And even if you don't necessarily know, you know, if the child what type of therapy the child would like or what we're uh, all about, call, we can talk to the child, we can see where the child is. So, and then offer the best help that we can. So how is the program different for the kids that have a parent incarcerated? Because their parent is not physically passed away, but is gone for a long time, a significant part of that kid's life. How do you deal with that? Well, it would still be under the same category or under the same umbrella as grief because of the fact that some of the things that we do as far as even the art therapy your vision of something beautiful is not gonna necessarily be skewed whether or not your grief is coming from a loss via death or a loss via you know somebody that's permanently incarcerated because we have to think about it those children are not able to see their parents all the time some of them don't even know if their parents are you know available to talk ever coming out all of those things that play a a huge part in whether or not, you know, it's like, okay, so Mother's Day and Father's Day is coming up, and what do I do? Like, I can't send my dad a card because I don't know where he is. Nobody ever mm-hmm. gave me the information. So things like that, it still weighs down on them, and it still goes under the heading of grief for them. When they come in and contact juliaskids.com, right? That was the website? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I do that too all the time. Um, <laughs> the process. Like, God forbid, I lost a parent, I'm a kid, and I walk in. What is the process? Or I contact you. What is the process? How do you, are there steps? What do you do? Right. So the intake process, we would have a conversation with whoever the caregiver is and the child. So, for example, for our kids that are in, actually in any type of school, we have a tutor that works with us. So Mm -hmm. if we find, we know that once you've experienced a loss, there, the school, your schoolwork is going to be affected. Mm -hmm. So to try to help them get back on track, we set them up with the tutor. We provide, and she offers services at a discounted rate for us. So we help them get those resources. We also try to, you know, find out, okay, so kind of guide them to an extent. And I think that usually because of the fact that when somebody passes away, you feel lost. So you're trying to pick up all of these pieces and all the pieces are all over the place. We're a helping hand to get you back on track, get you organized, um, you know, and again, give you outlets to cope. And and kids tend to like in death period, adults and kids, you tend to shut down. Mm-hmm. So imagine a kid who's expected to go to school every day, getting grades and all of that. Are, are schools lenient? Like the, to a certain extent? They do have they do. <clears throat> excuse me. They do have counselors in the schools. But the counselor needs to be aware that the child is suffering that death. And unless the child actually speaks to them, there is a bereavement period that they do have in the schools for the children. 
but sometimes I believe it, it, it spans about a week or so. And then they do expect you to be able to go back and function and do your work, which is not realistic. Honestly, it's not that, realistic. That's the same thing they did at the school shooting in Stone exactly. yes, It's like, yes. okay, there's a shooting. It was blood everywhere. Go back to back school. Back to school. school. Exactly. Right. Like, no. Exactly. And then you find, because I've actually visited a couple of schools in Dade County, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the program, especially when we were trying to advertise for the scholarship. And one of the security guards was saying, you know, we they had a student and she was acting out and nobody understood why, because usually she was calm and, you know, mm-hmm. and then they found out that her mom passed away a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, sometimes we don't always bring that back to the school counselor because, again, we're trying to deal with funeral arrangements and mm-hmm. getting all of these things together. We just figure, you know, another student's absent. There's no association. But if we don't communicate with the school so that they at least have a clue as to why this child may be acting out, why this child's grades may be declining, why, you know, your normal talkative uh, student is now isolating themselves. And those are the things that we definitely need to be aware of, especially with uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, you know, and we need to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, even with the death, it's not okay to allow the child to just lock themselves away. You want to try different methods to get them to talk, open-ended questions, closed-ended questions, whatever works, because you at least want them to know that you're there and you can't give up. What are some of the different types of grief therapies, like the methods? Journaling is one. Oh, yeah. Journaling is, Journaling is, is, is one. Awesome. There's yes. uh, learning meditation and breathing mm-hmm. techniques because there's a lot of anxiety that comes with death. After, your par- after you lose your parent, a lot of kids think, when am I going to die? Which is a question mm. they probably never posed to themselves ever never thought of because death. they've never mm-hmm. thought of death. Mm. But now it is an issue that plays back in their head like, oh, my gosh, I might be dying. So there's anxiety that comes that's attached with death. So learning breathing techniques work really, really well. Meditating works well. Journaling for those who are creative or not even creative. They just need to get those feelings out. Yeah. All of those bottled emotions can come out through so many different venues. One of the young ladies said that she she started playing sports. And that is a way to get all of those emotions out. She also had her pets. Pet therapy is just like they do for wounded veterans and they come back because they've suffered PTSD pet therapy is a great outlet because that animal gives you unconditional love, which is something that you've lost with your parent and that animal doesn't judge you, you know, so that's yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. non-judgmental type of therapy. So you guys gave away, um, you said two $500 scholarships to graduating seniors. Again, congratulations on that. Um, And you did it on mother at a mother's day at your mother's day brunch. Yes. So how was the mood on Mother's Day when some kids have lost their moms, did it help the fact that... Well, what we did, we did a little spin on, usually we do a Mother's Day balloon release. So this year we said, you know what, we are going to partner with Miami-Dade County Foster and Adoptive Parents Association. There you that go. Is so right. <laughs> so MDC's Papa. That's how I, believe, that's oh, how I okay. remember it. And, and we wanted to partner with them because they they have a group of foster moms there. And sometimes we discount foster parents. We discount foster uh children because there's already a stigma Mm. so we wanted to honor them and it was so awesome because 
even with the RSVPs, when they called back, some of them were like, I can't believe you're you're doing this for us. So it was truly an awesome event. And what we did was that because we did not want to forget the moms, we had two stations in the back. So we had a letter writing station where the children that were there could write a letter to the person that was in their life as mom. So grandma, your foster mm. mom, whoever was there. We also had a separate section for a memory jar. So we had them um, create memory jars in memory of the mom that they lost. Mm. So it still encompassed the loss, but also honored and appreciated the mom that was there. And that's another thing that we're trying to push as well. No one ever knows when somebody's going to pass away. Hello. So love and embrace and take care of the people while they're, while they're here. here. Let yes. them know you love them while they're here. And even some of the kids that came in and you know the young adults that were just cool and you know just sitting back like they were forced to come there um they opened up they went back to the letter station they did jars and it was awesome you really felt like you know you were making a difference i really Mm -hmm. want to thank you guys for coming it was very interesting learning about julia's kids because honestly we hear about things on the news and Mm -hmm. we don't really think about after the children and the after effect so i want all of you to log on to juliaskids.org if you want to volunteer teenagers if you want community hours also if you want to make a donation to their cause it would be greatly appreciated again juliaskids.org i want to thank yolanda jennifer and Iresa for coming by thanks so much and high five to you guys for doing what you do thank 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 you you for having us us. thank you for having us (laughs)